Let's bring Scott Reed in, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin, now political analyst and News Talk 1010 personality. Happy Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. I did. I did. Thank you. Okay. So uh, three former Toronto mayors have sent a letter to Olivia Chow saying, just leave Dundas Street where it is. I don't see in this letter they're necessarily going to bat for Dundas. They're just saying, you know, we got bigger issues. Yeah, I. you know, I have... First of all, I have like strong and complicated, contradictory feelings about you know naming, renaming, uh, bringing down statues. I'm generally in the camp uh, of those who say um, rather than remove recognitions, let's add information. So you know, put a plaque up and let people know the full picture of someone. Um, I'm leery of. You know, sometimes sort of looking at the at history through the lens of 2023 and, uh, <clears throat> you know, saying, well, why don't people act and share the same values that we have now back then? Um, but then obviously, you know, like I, you know, Robert E. Lee was a, you know, a seditionist and a traitor. So I'm in favor of a system that, in, you know, enslaved uh, millions of people. So, you know, I, I in that case, I don't see why you would want a statue up. In this case, I, I think the case is very complicated. One thing I don't like are those people who say, well, listen, we have better things to deal with. We, we, we can't afford this. I mean, it either matters or it doesn't matter. And, you know, cost matters always. But if you feel strongly that, this person's name ought to be preserved, then that stands independent of how much it costs or doesn't cost to do it and vice versa. So I, I kind of don't like the chicken out part of the debate when people go, well, look, I, uh, I, I just think that, you know, it's too expensive to change. So let's move on. No. What's your point of view on the issue? Crack the hard nut of the issue and what you think. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Robert E. Lee. I, the reason people paid tribute to him was because they believed that the, um, you know, the uh, insurrection was honorable. And I do believe he should not have any statues or schools. But when it comes to the Dundas debate, it just seems so artisanal. You know, this back and forth. It's going to be at a monk's night one of these days where they're going to argue over whether or not he's a good person. And I'm sort of I, let's just keep moving. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know who blames who, who gets to brand it as artisanal. Um, I mean, if if you felt if you felt strongly that, um, you know, that he he's supported the extension of slavery, then 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 morally, you would say, I think it's objectionable. If you think, on the other hand, that he was an abolitionist who was trying to navigate the shoals of political reality in his time, uh, then you would find this head shaking. I just think you got to come down on the issue rather than say, well, it's just too expensive and too time consuming. So let's move on. No, like let's confront the hard issues, I think. Okay. Do you think that Doug Ford might approve a sales tax for Toronto? Because, I mean, the province is going to be on the hook along with the feds for funding Toronto. So he may finally give in against his better instincts and say, fine, do what you want. No, I don't think he will. Um, I think the polling will be very clear that if he permits uh, a sales tax, then he'll take um, 
the blame for sales tax. He'll take the ire for the sales tax. It'll play uh, in part because of the politics that he has fueled over the years. Uh, it'll play differently in the suburbs of the GTA than in the downtown of GTA. That'll be divisive. He's on one side of that divide, so why would he be enabling it? So I think that uh, pure politics will cause him to blink on that. Um, I do think there should be a sales tax in Toronto. I think um, I also think that there should be a dedicated transfer uh, on an annual basis that's uh, indexed and that is uh, predictable uh, from federal and provincial governments. I think Toronto was different. I've argued this vociferously. I think that the special election that we just went through was kind of cowardly uh, for not uh, hearing more about that, for not having candidates stand up. You know, a lot of people would make noises about what well, we need a different deal, but no one said, you know what, my platform is I, I am going to ask that my mandate be overwhelming so that I can then say to other orders of government, you must do this. Um, but in the end of the day, no, I don't think uh, Doug Ford will approve it. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm sort of sorry that the account that we sent to you, this article, I don't think is particularly well pieced together, but it does say that the province is toying with um, the prevent the housing tax um, regime hard to explain, but basically the reevaluation of the possible value of your property would change. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a system for reassessments all across the province, and um, that means the value of your home may go up or down. That means the property tax you pay will go up or down. So provincially, they say, "All right, we're here's a new assessment across the board," and then municipalities say, "Whoops, okay, here's what your new um, here's what your new tax is." Well, the, the new property tax, um, it's been delayed for eight years. If and when it comes in, it's going to be a Big, big leap forward for everyone, uh, like tons of people. Certainly in the city of Toronto, we know what value, what the values of our homes have done over the last uh, eight years. So just guess what the value of your property tax will be. And politicians are running uh, scared from it. I can understand the reluctance to have what will feel like a stealth tax increase, but if you don't have reassessments and you don't have an honest bird uh, uh, view on what the value of your properties are, it has all sorts of problems. And, you know, the longer you put it off, the harder it's going to be for people when the change eventually comes because you can't put it off forever. So all these conversations about, well, we got to look at the structure. That's all BS. That's complete garbage. There may be some valid arguments about, you know, arcane elements of taxation structure. There always will be. But the reason it's being put off is that the government does doesn't want to suffer the uh, allegation that it's effectively licensing a massive tax increase. Feels like we're in an election campaign already at the federal level. I mean, Pierre Polyev is out there banging the drum all the time. And uh, an article today is about a poll where they asked, is Pierre Polyev a pit bull or a golden retriever? I think it's kind of a silly question, but it does give rise to speculation about what every other politician would be if they were a dog. Yeah, I don't care about that. Um, I have a I'm I come from a political background. It has been a blazing mystery to me why the Trudeau government has permitted this guy to be the leader for a year. I didn't even think they should have let him go by for the first six months when he was running and it was obvious he was going to become the next uh, leader. 
But you now have Pierre Polyev spending at least $3 million to alter the impression that people have of him, to effectively introduce himself to you, trying to deal with the fact that their polling, his polling, shows that he has negatives, and they want to take some of those hard edges off. Why the Liberals have not said, hey, Here's who this guy is. This is what he said about Indigenous people. This is what he said uh, on cities. This is what he said on this issue. Like, one of the fundamental rules of politics is define your opponent before they define you or before they define themselves. And so what we're seeing is that Pierre Polyev's negatives, while high, are not implacably high. And this advertising campaign and a real focused effort on communications is altering some opinions on him to his benefit. And why a government that thinks um, that it wants to run and get reelected for a fourth time in a row, why they think uh, that somehow they're above uh, the greasy till of politics and that they're not going to actually go out there and fight fire with fire is a mystery to me. They should have been advertising against um, Pierre Polyev months ago. Now Pierre Polyev is advertising in favor of himself and whatever they're measuring now will be improved um, because Pierre Polyev is effectively being left an open door when it comes to the defining of his political uh, um, character. And, um, you know, lots of luck, liberals. You're making a big mistake. Yeah, they do seem to be off their game. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you. Thank you. Scott Reed, political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Coming up in the next half hour, former, uh, actually not former, he's a current MPP, but he's a would-be leader of the party as well. Dr. Adil Shamji is going to join us. Apparently, uh, some of his media accounts, social media accounts, have been suspended. He wants to know why. Plus, uh, we'll talk a lot of politics because Thomas Mulcair is here for a Mulcair Monday. And he's got some thoughts. And, you know, a guy who used to be the leader of the opposition probably has some insight into this one. Doug Ford's government phone went unused for three months. Why?